Want to be a part of the conversation? Then let us know on the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's news talk, TNT Radio. Dean Mackin. Dean Mackin. This is the Dean Mackin Show on today's news talk, TNT Radio. And welcome back for those of you who are not watching. Why not? I've got to ask the question. A couple of bits of homework for you all. One is to at least once check out the TNT Radio live stream. It's really easy. Go on to YouTube if you like and just type in TNT Radio live stream. Click on it. Uh, maximize the screen. Sit back and relax. It is really just that easy. And uh, if you're in the car, obviously not the thing to do. But if you're at home and you don't have a smart TV and you think, how can I do that? And the device that I am suggesting, even if you do have a smart TV, just to make your TV just a little bit smarter is an Apple TV, uh, about $240, I think they cost. Uh, so what's that, about £140, I would imagine, uh, somewhere over there in the UK. That's what you would be paying. And a device that really is um, terrific to use because of the way, A, you can talk to the remote. It's got a, a microphone and you just tell it what to do, uh, very much like, you know, uh, I can't say it because I've got one of them next to me, one of those smart devices. Um, but they're very clever and you just slide your thumb up and down, you click on it, you can talk to it. Uh, rechargeable remote control, never have to buy batteries again. And just the amount of things you can do uh, by way of installing apps and whatnot, even some apps where you can share your home movie library and watch it from anywhere you go. And you can install that one on there as well. Very clever, but you should be watching us and uh, check it out because it really is a, a remarkable job that they've done here at Team. TNT Radio with our new video format. I'd love it if you could do that. The other bit of homework I've got for you is if you're loving TNT, if you're loving that the fact that we can speak freely here and express our opinions and speak the truth in a world where it's not so common these days and you haven't told all of your friends and not just the ones who are politically of the same mindset as you, but certainly those who don't have a clue those who think the world is okay, who don't perceive that there shall be any problems moving forward, they need to be informed so we can make them aware and when they get to the ballot box, perhaps they can make some smarter decisions and that will improve lives for everybody going forward. I think that's very good. Later this hour, we're going to be talking to Jeff Shaw, a man who wrote the book about Dan Andrews unmasked, uh, his subsequent demise. We'll be talking to him about Palaszczuk. And how there's, oh, there's only one left, by the way, down in the ACT, but we'll be talking to him for his unique perspective as a former MP down Mexico way, but Victoria, for those of you elsewhere, that's what we call it here. Um, yeah, we'll be getting a unique perspective from him. Bernard Gaynor as well. I want to chat to him about ways that we can prevent our kids from being indoctrinated. And I think it starts way before school. And uh, he'll have a unique take on that. The other thing that I want to do is talk about Trump. Trump will be pledging that he will take all this wokeness out of the schools. He will take away their funding if they continue with the nonsense that they're up to. And I believe he'll do it. I think he will. And uh, he's up against some very poor competition. Competition so poor, in fact, that in states such as Florida, in the primaries, <laughs> they're not even running. They're not even running anybody. There are plenty of politicians who would love to who are of the Democrats who would love to run against Joe Biden. They're not going to be given the opportunity if they're in Florida. Such a weak calling. They need to keep him at the helm. A puppeteer of um, Barack, a puppet of puppeteer Barack Obama, many would say. And I would tend to agree somebody's pulling the strings. But if you think that B Barack Obama is the top of that tree, 
Wow, you're not going nearly, nearly high enough. It goes a lot higher than him. He's just somebody who can enunciate and still has the ability to speak and remember something that, of course, weakened at Biden's, weakened at Biden's, Biden doesn't. Yeah, forget weekend at Bernie's. It's all about weekend at Biden's. And of course, speaking of movies, you know, I love movies and, you know, I, I hate when people ruin them for us. And I'm, I've got the critics' choice list here in front of me with the nominations. <laughs> And, you know, they've got some good movies. Kill Killers of the Flower Moon was really good. Uh, Oppenheimer, excellent, really good. Very true to what I imagine may have happened, I think. Anyway, what would I know? I wasn't there. But uh, it was very well acted, and I think you should watch it. But other movies, ones that absolutely blitzed at the box office. And uh, my son wanted to go see this, and I, I said, why? He said, as a bit of a poo stirred. That's not the word he used. Um, Barbie. Barbie made over, I hope you're sitting down, a billion dollars, Barbie. And it was a bit of a piss take, if you will. It wasn't fair income, it wasn't real, and it was a comedy. I do get it. But into that, they interwove wokeness in such a way you were kind of half supposed to take it seriously, half, you know, but uh, they did make it. If you were awake up to it, you would have laughed, and if you weren't, you might have got sucked into it. But uh, Bradley Cooper, terrific actor. Uh, he was in Maestro, another one. Um, the Holdovers, Oppenheimer, Maestro, uh, The Colour Purple, um, American Fiction, Saltburn, Poor Things, Past Lives. They're some of the ones up for Best Picture. And they're not quite as woke as the Oscars. So you will see some very real um, options in this particular awards. I have watched it before. Best Supporting Actor uh, options are Robert Downey Jr. I'm just reading out the ones you'd know. Uh, Ryan Gosling, Mark Ruffalo, known as the Hulk for some. Um, and uh, for Best Actress, Greta Lee, Margot Robbie, Ozzy. Yeah, uh, Sandra Hullard, never heard of her. And... Uh, Emma Stone, who's very good, who's very good. So if you're into movies, you might want to watch that. It may not be as woke as you used to. If you're sick of the Oscars and have pledged never to watch it again, then you can still watch this and uh, get involved and you might be very, very happy. I almost broke into my dad's accent and I don't know what that was. Okay, for a list of, <laughs> for a complete list of our shows, uh, on our, or I'll start again because I, I have to do it without laughing. For a complete list of our shows and our schedule offered on TNT Radio, simply visit the website at tntradio.live. We serve up the latest live news and current affairs presented by a host of credible and expert com commentators and me uh, who can separate fact from fiction, truth from propaganda. Where does that happen? Right here at TNT Radio. Russia, gas prices, COVID mandates. It just doesn't seem like anybody's doing anything about it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. What's something we can expect to do at Christmas, and that's hang around and have a bit of a chat with a friend we can trust, with family, and she's like family, she's certainly our friend, and we sure do trust her, the wonderful Gemma Cooper. Hey, Gem. Oh, that's a lovely introduction. Thank you very much. Very nice indeed. Yeah, and you don't do yourself down, although I know it was a tongue-in-cheek joke, you know, host of expert commentators and me. That's how I sometimes <laughs> feel, actually, <laughs> in TNT. There are so many brilliant presenters. Sometimes I have to pinch myself and think, am I on the roster with this lot? You know, it's incredible. And we're growing by the day uh, and the video launch and everything. It's just sh It just shows, you know, we've gauged the mood around the globe and more and more people are migrating away from the legacy media, from the dinosaur media, from the dying media over to us, which is absolutely brilliant. Thank you to every single person out there who's listening and watching. 
Yeah, I mean, when it comes to, you know, expert commentators, you know, after working more than a decade in commercial radio, uh, because I offered a, a different perspective to the likes of, let's say, 2GB, which was in Sydney, uh, the number one rating station above all. Um, it was a talkback station that was owned by a fantastic fellow who I know personally called John Singleton and uh, a really good guy. And it was conservative. If it, it was real, it was fair income when he was there. Then he sold it to uh, Channel 9, uh, another global mouthpiece organisation, just all the same old nonsense, and it just changed overnight. So um, when I, because we knew that was coming, I always tried to present differently to how they did over at 2GB, the fear of being recognised as if you present that way, you might be considered to have that. But having said that, we've got Chris Smith here, who is completely fair Nickham, has his own unique style, and it's wonderful. But we all kind of go off in our own different directions and do what, what suits us, don't we? We do. We do indeed. Absolutely right. And talking of people going off in different directions and doing what suits them, there's a story that's uh, broken in the UK here this morning as a result of a debate that was held um, yesterday, late yesterday, on uh, military action in Iraq years ago. And as a result of that debate, um, there are calls yet again for Tony Blair, Sir Tony Blair he is now, to be formally stripped of his knighthood. He went off and did exactly what he wanted in 1998 and again yeah. in 2003 by invading Iraq and declassified documents, 25-year-old documents from 1998, um, clearly show an MP claims that Tony Blair was determined to take uh, military action into Iraq, contrary to legal advice. It says he pressed the Attorney General here in the UK to, to give him a legal defence. The Attorney General couldn't do that. He also says that uh, Tony Blair um, claimed there was a legal basis for military action without a UN resolution. He claimed there was a, a legal basis. Turns out there wasn't, and he was lying. So Neil Harvey, who's an MP for the Scottish party, Alba, says that uh, Tony Blair retaining his knighthood, which he got a year, just a, well, it'll be two years in January, he was granted it. Um, he says it's an insult to every single life, both Iraqi and British, that was lost in the war, and it should be withdrawn forth with. Um, in the debate in the Commons, again, uh, uh, which was all about military action in Iraq, he said, how can it be that a prime minister that went into two wars against all advice and instruction has been rewarded with a knighthood? He lied, he misled parliament, governments should not lie to go to war. Well, I think a lot of people listening to TNT will know that governments lie all the time to go to war. But what the difference was here is that Tony Blair pressed on regardless. Um, interestingly, when he was given that honour in the Queen's 2021 New Year's Honours list, he was given that honour and he and, and it, it came out in January 2022. A petition was launched straight away here in the UK, which more than a million people signed within a week. And that is uh, comparable to the million person march in London in 2003 in the second military campaign. A million people took to the streets in London to protest against that, um, much like the amount of people that went took to the streets to protest against lockdown measures here in the UK. And of course, they were some that, that, that million people protesting in 2003 against uh, the invasion, second invasion of Iraq, they were summarily ignored. Tony Blair didn't listen to his people. He didn't listen to the advice of his own parliament. He ignored the UN, who said this is illegal. You know, Kofi Annan back in 2003 said you can't do this. He did it anyway. Um, he's still got his knighthood. And this is what's interesting. What he was bestowed by the Queen was the knight companion of the most noble order of wow. the Garter. It's the most senior honour in the British honours system. Only 24 people outside the royal family hold this wow. of the garter. It's the most senior honour 
in the British honours system. Only 24 people outside the royal family hold this honour. And these 24 people that are chosen are chosen for their work and their service. Now, service to what? Because it clearly wasn't service to what the British people wanted. It clearly wasn't service to the legal basis for going into a war. Um, who's, who's it serving? You know, this honours system we have here in the UK, some very shady characters get bestowed with honours, um, very shady characters, you know, are chosen by the royals. So it's all kind of like done, you know, behind closed doors. He's still got this honour. Um, you know, the million people that signed the petition in 2022, they were ignored. The million people that took to the streets in 2003 and said, don't go into Iraq, they were ignored. But it's it's doing the rounds in lots of papers here this morning, here in the UK, on lots of websites um, saying, look, these declassified documents, they prove it. He lied. He misled Parliament. He went against the wishes of the British people. The honours is a dis- the honour is a disgrace. Strip him of it now. Whether it will happen, Dean remains to be seen. It'll be interesting, especially with um, so many migrants from that part of the world over there. There would be even more pressure for him in regards to that. You know, we had the weapons of mass distraction. We had, and I did say distraction, we had uh, post 9-11. You know, we had uh, a bunch of predominantly Saudis on these planes, apparently, allegedly. And there we were going into other countries, but certainly not into Saudi Arabia and many of these global leaders pushing for war in these countries. And then people surprised, and I'm not advocating for it, and I'm certainly not justifying it, but surprised when we do face terror attacks. And that terror was initiated by our politicians going into countries where we had no business being in. And if had they not done that, you could argue there would have been no response because there would be nothing to respond to. And again, certainly not, not advocating for anything that's been done in retaliation. But, you know, what what came first, the chicken or the egg? I think sometimes we have to ask that question. But when it comes to such a prestigious award, one that is solely about honour, certainly, uh, wow, I mean, it's a bit of an oxymoron uh, and certainly hypocritical for him to keep that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as soon as it was announced, uh, there was a massive outcry here in the UK. And as I say, more than a million people within a week signed a petition against it. That's a huge response. And the swiftness of that response indicated that the public mood absolutely had not changed. Um, These documents that have come out are backing that argument. We've got other MPs now saying, like this guy from the Alba party, saying, look, this this is ridiculous. It clearly, you've got the evidence here in front of you. These declassified documents prove it. You know, this is this is an, an insult to UK military service personnel, many of whom he talked about post-traumatic stress. Uh, and so many people came out of the Second Gulf, well, both Gulf Wars with PTSD. Uh, they said it was absolutely a horrific campaign. A lot of people became very, very disillusioned with the military. A lot of people left um, as a result of what they'd seen because they realized that what they were told and what the reality out there were two completely different things. But I do find it quite um, I don't know if this man's naive, but saying, oh, governments shouldn't lie to take the country into war. I think it's it's always been a lie, hasn't it? It's always been about yeah. corporate interests. It's always been about vested interests. It's never been about the thing that they brainwash you with. It's, oh, it's for queen and country. It's for, you know, it's a great honour. But I think the British military is in trouble now. They're having trouble recruiting people. Nobody wants to sign up. People are realising what it really is. And what was interesting in the anti-lockdown marches here in the UK is that the big military, ex-military contingent, uh, veterans against lockdowns, veterans against vaccines, you know, there was a huge, huge swathe of ex-military personnel that said, you know, we've seen the reality. You know, they've had to sign the Official Secrets Act, so they can't say too much, but they say, well, the reality of what this country is really doing, you wouldn't believe some of it. You know, I spoke to a lot of them and, it, you know, the veil is lifting in every area of society. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of a, a single plus 
know, for one of these wars, not one. Um, some people would argue it's about money, it's about oil, it's about securing our, our energy market. The simple fact is it's about securing funds. Those people would always have sold us oil. And I would suggest those people who, who originally had the oil would have sold it at better prices than those who we have actually fought to uh, put it in their hands, if that makes any sense. So I dare say we're fighting to rip ourselves off here. Um, it, we can't afford to keep doing this. The the lives that have been lost through, you know, direct conflict, those who have taken their own lives subsequently on both sides of that, uh, it's just horrific. It is always about money. And I can think of very few just wars um, in our history, but it is rather frightening, Gemma. And at the end of the day, I just see dead people. And I think it's horrific, dead young people who could have led lives. And why can't we all just get along? I know that sounds a little bit naive in this world, but I strongly suggest there are, you know, only a few people who push for this. You know, if, if you could just click your fingers and they'd be gone, what a wonderful world this would be. I couldn't agree more. What will be interesting to see if this has any effect, you know, you've got people calling to, for him to be stripped. It will be two years in January that he received the honour. Um, will it work? I don't know. I don't think politicians and especially Knights of the Garter and the royal family uh, have any interest in what the British people really think. But we'll see. We'll see. Let's hope. Let's hope the tide turns enough. We can only hope and pray. Gemma Cooper, thank you. Uh, of course, Gemma Cooper will be back in about two hours' time, I, I do believe, so stick around for that. Thank you, Gemma Cooper. I'll be chatting with you tomorrow at the same time. Thank you, Dean. Everybody, uh, join us after the break, and we are going to get you to give us a call on this phone number. It is 1-800-670-310, or if you're listening in the UK bright and early and you've had your Wheaties, get on the phone, 33 Double zero two four one zero two six. Back after this. Jeremy now on TNT Radio. Being South African, I'm, I know the situation, and it's incredibly dire. Basically, our farmers, mostly white, have been under attack for years and years and years. And when I say attack, I mean that physically, don't I? Yes. Um, since the dawn of democracy in South Africa, since 1994, we had an average of uh, one farm attack every second day. Um, so it averages around uh, 175 to 190 farm attacks every year. And we had a farm murder on average every fifth day. Um, but over the last few months, both of those numbers have picked up. Murders in other sectors of society are not accompanied by the same levels of brutality and torture as you will find in farm murders. Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Back in time. And who was Mike Flynn? He was the National Security Advisor to the president. Why is it that they go after me so hard? Why me? Why does Barack Obama only talk about two people to the incoming president of the United States? When I was sentenced, the judge says, you have been convicted of lying to cover up for Donald Trump. To which I say, cover up what? Russian collusion? There was no Russian collusion to cover up. We see in today's current uh, scenario with President Joe Biden, who came in with high expectations, that he has been viewed as divisive. And we're committed to advancing transgender equality in the classroom. The liberal media say, well, this is his love for his son, and yes, he's going to protect his son. But let me tell you, a lot of fathers love their sons, but their sons had to go to jail when they broke the law. This moment, people see a lot of those 
telltale signs of a far left drift to the country. Whether you're talking about socialism or you're talking about communism, socialism is just a kinder cousin of communism, but the goal is the same, for the state to have control of every aspect of your life. We have multiple hearings on different agencies that have actually just gone rogue. They took fewer men in the takedown of El Chapo than they did to arrest me. And Comey went back to his organization and brought his other thugs together to basically give them the ground rules. Okay, here's how we're gonna, here's what we're gonna do. And give, now I need some ideas about how to execute this, basically this act of treason. I think we all know, James Comey, that you're a great storyteller because you made up the entire story about Crossfire Hurricane. So it's really fitting that a criminal like yourself wrote a crime novel. Do you remember me? Remember me from your book signing? It doesn't matter whether they're Republican or Democrat. People will sell their soul to obtain an ounce of political power in Washington, D.C. I don't even know that draining the swamp is the appropriate metaphor anymore after what we've seen these last four years. We need basically an exorcism in Washington, D.C. When, you know, Satan is tempting Jesus in the desert, I'll, I'll give you all the riches of the world. I'll give you everything. All you have to do is bow to me. That's what Barack Obama has done. That's what Jim Comey has done. That's what these bastards have done. The Fall of Deceit at SalemNow.com. TNT Radio. Live. Online. Online. Online streaming. Be a part of the conversation. I stream it all at work and I stream it to my phone and listen to it wherever I go. TNT. And welcome back to the program. Your opportunity to call in if you'd like to on 1-800-670-310 from the UK, 033-00-241026. If you could do that, we'd love you to do it. In the meantime, I'm going to talk next week, I do believe, to a friend of mine. I want to get him on the program. I'll tell you what, what he did. A petrol head, the biggest petrol head you'll ever meet, Mr. Bathurst himself. And um, he, he recently bought a new car and he's been given a Tesla to run around in by the dealership. And um, I want his views, I want you to hear his views, and uh, I think they'll be in lockstep with what a lot of you feel, the realities of living with a Tesla while he waits for his big V8 twin-turbo guzzler, as I would love to have, and well, I do have a V8 twin-turbo guzzler. But anyway, a newer one like he's getting, um, we'll find out what the reality of owning one is. The insurance values, I'm going to ring around, get some insurance rates, and I'm going to find out just how viable it is to keep one of these things around uh, public vehicles or park it into a public basement. And if you park in a shopping centre, you've got your nice, shiny, brand-new car, you love it, you're very proud of it, and then you find that somebody right next to you has got a Tesla and you come back and the battery's exploded and there's nothing left of your car because they don't burn, they explode, uh, you wouldn't feel real happy about that. So going forward, when we get more and more of these EVs thrust upon us, to say nothing of the trucks. And the trucks, I spoke to a mate of mine, formerly of Toll Transport, now being bought out his division by a large company. They just got a $25 million grant, provided that money was used to buy solar panels, a big battery, a bunch of chargers, so they could charge up their electric trucks that they bought with that money. Would they organically have done this? <laughs> no way. What is the range? It is pathetic, only about a hundred and something kilometres and, you know, in a, on a charge. And it's just horrific to say nothing of, and I did give you this information the other day. I, I want to read it out to you again, just to get things in perspective. Uh, now, this is all a part of the net zero madness. 
and all these greenies running around, oh, we're going to save the planet, get a Tesla, don't burn oil. Can't do that, can we? Because it's so nice. It's so nice to have this little package, you plug it in, $4 to get a recharge instead of, you know, 100 bucks for fuel, and you think you're doing the planet great, don't you? Well, not really, because it takes to manufacture one, one of these, 12 tonnes of rock for lithium, 12 tonnes, We've got five tons of cobalt minerals, three tons of mineral for nickel, 12 tons of copper ore. Wow, just getting started, by the way. But to get to that, before you can get to it, just, it's not laying on the ground. You just pick it up with a forklift. No, you've got to dig. How much do you have to dig? Well, you've got to dig 250 tons of um, soil to obtain the following. 12 kilograms of lithium, 30 pounds of nickel, and, oh, and by the way, nickel, which was in great demand, now the demand has dropped off and a lot of nickel miners are going broke. I just thought I'd add that in. Um, and by the way, Clive Palmer did try and save a bunch of nickel mines and got absolutely bombarded for doing it. Anyway, but I do digress. Uh, so 30 pounds of nickel, 22 kilograms of manganese, 15 pounds of cobalt, and of course, to manufacture the batteries, to say nothing of transporting all of that into one place to be processed and then to another place as they take their different forms in the manufacturing chain. Um, you need 100 kilos of what they call RAM, R-A-M chips, 200 kilograms of aluminium, steel and or plastic. And uh, if you use one of these large earth moving vehicles like a Caterpillar 994A, for example, good luck getting zero emissions out of that or getting that to run on batteries. Um, now, this thing is going to uh, consume two, 264 gallons, about 1,000 litres, 1,000 litres uh, of diesel in, how long do you reckon? How long do you reckon 1,000 litres of diesel would power that thing? What do you reckon? A week? A month? 12 hours. 12 hours is what 1,000 litres of diesel is going to get you while it's making for a greener future. If, I can't make this stuff up. You really can't. So finally, after all of that, you get your green emissions cars. So all of you sitting there in your cafes in Glebe and Newtown, picking the nits out of each other's dreadlocks as you sip your latte, think about that. But no, they wouldn't because they would have turned off as soon as I even said, I'm going to tell you the truth. Because as Jack Nicholson said, they can't handle the truth. And they really can't. They're a bunch of bigots of the highest order and bigots in the very true sense of the word. And I will tell you just one more time because I love people to know the meaning of the word bigot. It means someone who is highly intolerant of the opinion of others. And the only people who will ever call you one are those who are highly intolerant of you. It is absolutely mad. Some common sense right here on TNT Radio. Back after this. TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. In a rare move, Hunter Biden has fronted the media, defending his father just hours before House Republicans voted to formally start their impeachment investigation into the president. A schoolteacher in Ireland who was fired for refusing to refer to a transgender student as they instead of he 
will spend Christmas behind bars. And former US President Donald Trump has warned if he's not re-elected in 2024, the US will sink into a depression comparable to 1929. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab or Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. And welcome back to the program. Okay, if you're going to write a book, write a good book. And write a book, good book about a not-so-good guy. And uh, Ding Dong, which is dead, the bad guy, may not be with us anymore while he's still on the planet, but certainly may not be in command of down Mexico way. I am, of course, talking about Dan Andrews down in Victoria and a man who wrote the book on him, literally, who wrote the book on him. Dan Andrews Unmasked is my next guest, also a former Liberal and Independent Member of Parliament for Victoria, Jeff Shaw. G'day, Jeff. Good to be back. Mate, always fantastic to have you on. And I did say ding dong, the witch is dead. I am, of course, uh, occurring to our second last remaining premier, if you will, uh, Palaszczuk. She's, she's history. So uh, a, a day of celebration. But I have it's been suggested to me that her replacement is far, far worse. From, from, from down here, like I said uh, a couple of months ago, Dean, when... Uh, Dan Andrews resigned. It, it'd be like you, you know uh, Lennon going and Stalin taking over here with Jacinta Allen. <laughs> and I dare say, look, I'm, I'm hoping the Queenslanders. And I was born in Queensland. For my first seven years, I lived there. I'm hoping the Queenslanders find some sense up there. Yep. And just get rid of this government, this Labor government. I don't know what the opposition's like. I, I have absolutely no idea. But, but seriously, Palaszczuk, Andrews, McGowan, even Glenis in, in your state of New South Wales, uh, they were all tarred with the same brush, even though they were from uh, one was Liberal and three were Labor. Uh, I'd like them all to go a, a big clean out. Mate, it'd be good if they just went and that was the end of them and they went off to the back of the dole queue. Quite the opposite seems to be the case. They tend to get jobs that pay significantly more than they had. And certainly if they remain in any kind of politics or certainly not politics, but maybe something that influences politics, let's say one of these larger international organisations, not only do they seem to have more influence, but of course they do end up getting paid more money. So for those of us happy that they're gone, it would seem that they're probably happy that they're gone too, which is not quite the way we wanted them to go. Well, that, that is true. I mean, look, I don't know if you followed the news down here with um, with the former Premier Dan Andrews, but um, a couple of clubs, uh, golf clubs have, have uh, rejected his membership. Uh, which is, look, I'm not into cancer, can, this whole cancel, uh, cancel culture, culture yeah. thing. Cancel culture that's happening. I, I don't like it. I don't like it. But look, you've got to go through membership things and um, the boards have decided that he can't go to quite a prestigious uh, golf club in Portsea. Well, man, I think um, that's terrific. I, I mean, have a look. Have a look at the immense amount of damage he would have done to their bottom line with all of his mandates and lockdowns and whatnot that were completely voluntary. Absolutely. He could have, yep. So he deserves whatever's coming his way. I, I think so. I think so. It's, it's uh, you know, you reap what you sow, and uh, and I'm, I'm hoping the harvest comes pretty quickly for him, to be honest. Mate, in, in, now I've got to ask. Now down in Victoria, obviously we don't have a, a plan. Sorry, plan. Sorry, I can't. I keep getting the L in there. Pandemic uh, at, at the moment, um, but. Apart from all of that, let's go back to pre-pandemic Victoria. Would you say it's being run better now than it was under Dan Andrews uh, pre-2020? Well, you know what? It's two years 
it's two years now since um, isn't it amazing two years ago that it was all but all uh, the lockdowns finished here in Victoria and things uh, but the, of course the vaxxed people couldn't uh, the non-vaxxed people couldn't join the uh, vaxxed economy for another six or seven months after that yep uh, is it better no it's just quieter it's just quieter uh, I'm not going to say it's any better in fact we're seeing things come out that it's worse the state debt is going to be enormous again I had in my book 168 billion the debt would be it's going to be over $200 billion. Wow. So It really is and crazy. Of course, it's, it, it's pretty much, uh, you know, there's a lot of employment down here, but if you're going to be printing money and paying big bucks for all these jobs, uh, you're going to have employment. When the infrastructure jobs stop and the other waste of digging holes that they're doing here in Victoria, you know, reality is going to bite a few people. It is. It's what really concerns me. And it, maybe it was the whole point of the thing was to get us into a, a bunch of debt, you know, debt that we've got to pay interest on. The interest rates continue to go up, not just here, but around the world. And that's probably where we owe the money to, of course. Um, mate, and do you see us ever paying down this debt? I mean, we talk about our federal debt, but I mean, let's face it, the Victorian debt, that single state, um, if you could have gone back, that would have been horrific to us on a federal level not that long ago, let alone for one state of Australia to have. When I left Parliament in 2014, the state debt was $22 billion. It's now seven times that in nine years. Seven wow. times that, Dean. That, that, that is enormous. And going up to be close to 10 times within a couple of years' time, so it's uh, budgeted. 10 times in, it'll be 10 years, 11 years. <laughs> it's, mate, it's, I'm laughing, but it's 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 not it's not a laugh. I know it's thing. not it's funny. Not I know. I, I I can't help laugh. I can't help but laugh. But it is kind of funny because if you can take us out of the equation, you know the we we told you so crowd, and we we did we will tell them, won't we? Um, but all these idiots to keep voting in parties who continue us continue to get us into debt, who continue to hold their hand out because they just want free stuff. I mean, their grandkids are never going to enjoy the same level of free stuff that they've come to, and it'll be their own fault. But I don't think they care. I think these are people that don't even think on an intergenerational level, despite the fact that most of them probably have a bunch of uh, government-funded um, um, offspring. But here they are. They just don't care. As long as life's good for them, they really just don't care about the future, do they? I think that seems to be the case. And in Victoria, we've certainly taken uh, a massive overdose of stupid pills. Um, in Mulgrave, <laughs> in Dan Andrews' seat of Mulgrave, which he um, resigned from, that won that went back to Labor. Yep. Labor still won that seat. Uh, and you think, my goodness, guys, what 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 is happening? Um, and I'm hoping Queensland shows some lead some way and show some sense and uh, and kick out Labor. And as you know, I, I've wanted to move back to Queensland for some time. So uh, let's hope it happens. I, I would love, I would literally love, I mean, you're looking for an excuse to move up there. You're about as fair income as it gets when it comes to politicians. Hey, wouldn't that be a terrific thing, you know, with the upcoming election up there for you to move up and uh, run as a candidate? I would love to see that. I would personally love to do it. It would be, uh, look, my wife wouldn't want me to do it, but um, I don't think the Liberal Party are that forgiving. Um, I heard... Oh, uh, I <laughs> I, I was going to say, I wasn't necessarily thinking of, of the Liberal Party, uh, you know, I mean, possibly. I mean, which party would you consider going to if you uh, were going to go back into politics? Um, the one that's going to win, and I hope that would be a Conservative <laughs> Party. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who that 
who that is. I think, um, unfortunately, I think the United Australia Party have, has lost its way. I mean, they had a chance to run. We've had two by-elections down here um, in the last, th- this year. Um, plus, we had the federal one. Uh, United Australia Party didn't run in it. So it's a bit disappointing. Hey, uh, I'll, a lot I'll... of them too. Mate, I have to admit, and I hope I'm not giving away any secrets, but I mean, I mean, I was a, a candidate at both the state and the the federal um, election for UAP. But I mean, coming up to the state election, I mean, it was very disorganised. There was a whole bunch of us on the ticket that came up as independents who were not supposed to be independents. And I have to admit, I don't think I'd ever do it again unless I was considered probably for a, a Senate seat, because the amount of work, as you know, you have to do as a lower house candidate to get elected it is it is just ridiculous it is off the charts and of course much more difficult to get elected than it is to the senate if you um are pretty high on the on the picking sheet you know exactly and you need a party that is organized i mean as as, as much as we can say criticize labor labor are very organized and and all your viewers will see that or all your listeners will see that when they go to the polling booths they've got constant red shirts there all the time on the smallest booth but they've got three or four or five people on the smallest of booths. They flood it. They are very well organised. Um, I'm not. I'm not into to laws to restrict things, but I certainly think there should be some restriction on the amount of people per party should be on a, a primary school polling booth. Mate, I, I agree. There certainly should be limits. I mean, sometimes it's swamped in the Labor Party, certainly. Mate, they don't need their garb. I mean, I can tell who the, the Greens people are by their multicoloured hair. I can tell who the Labor ones are because they have that glazed over look in their eyes and, you know, lights are on, but nobody's now you home. Can't tell. You? You, can, you can judge a book. At politics, you can judge a book by its cover. <laughs> you can. Speaking about you books, can, and of course... You can. You just hang around the polling booth for a little while and you go, okay, yeah. I see what's happening there. There's a few that might confuse, but no, you're right with the, the Greens. I mean, they're certainly a standout. Uh, uh, mate, ha- have you ever done the old trick? You know, you're standing there on polling day at one of your booths, you know, you're helping hand out your own how to vote cards and you can't help but, you know, you play that game where you pick whose card they're going to take as they come. Mate, no, I, I think us Conservatives, I was standing there with the UAP and the One Nation people, and I, I think we were getting 9 out of 10 right. I think I think we could pick who was going to vote which way 9 out of 10 times. When you're on the polling booth for a bit too, for, for, for a long time, you do, you do tend to play those sort of games. Yeah, you certainly have to. Mate, now, when it comes to writing books, of course, you are the author of Dan Andrews Unmasked. Now, tell people quickly where, where they can get that from before I ask my next question. Get it at danandrewsunmasked.com. Simple as that, danandrewsunmasked.com. It's not at bookshops. We decided not to do it in bookshops. Straight through the... Uh, you can get it on Amazon as well, but danandrewsunmasked.com uh, is the site. Now, of course, I know you had the inside goss in there, um, down in Victoria, on Dan Andrews. Mate, did it occur to you possibly for even one second, maybe the right one, um, about about our outgoing Queensland Premier? I, look, it was, a, it was a tough... It wasn't a labour of love, let me tell you, when I wrote the book. Uh, it, but it was a book that had to be written uh, historically because uh, no one was taking it down in the jumble of information there was. Uh, no, I probably wouldn't... I know Anna Bly did one herself, on herself. Uh, apparently that did pretty well. I'm sure Palaszczuk will try to do something for herself as well. But uh, no, Dan Andrews was the worst premier that, that Australia's ever had. And um, I, lived, I lived through it. And so, uh, 
you get those historical facts and the, the actual examples that people uh, and events that people live through down here. Now, the, the other question as well, uh, Victoria, deciding, and so surprisingly so, to stick with Labor, to stick with Dan Andrews, I mean, don't even get either of us, I would imagine, started on that. But um, are they are they learning anything with another another term of labour? Are they really getting sick of labour? Do they are they even considering going? I, I know they're not going to go no. all the way to the right, but maybe the other half of the duopoly. I'm not seeing it. I, I picked a few years ago uh, before this last election. In fact, the election before that labour be in for another two terms. Um, I'm hoping that's not the case. Of course, Dean, I'm not. I'm not wanting to pat myself on the back if I'm right. Big deal if I am. I hope I'm wrong. I really yeah. do. But liberal down here, which is the only true opposition really down here, uh, are atrocious. They may as well be of the left. But they are atrocious. <laughs> John Prosciutto is the, the leader down here, and the, and the best thing that he, the first decision he did was to sack a female from his own side, the wow. Liberal Party. His first decision yeah. as leader beginning of this year. Uh, atrocious, and he's done nothing since. Mate, what, what, what's happening with her? Anyway, she seemed to uh, to fade off in, into, I, I tried to get her on uh, the program at the time when it was newsworthy, and she said, um, I can't speak at the moment because of the legal repercussions, which I understand. And then, like like all of us, I think, have that goldfish syndrome where when she's out of the news, we kind of forget. Um, what What's happened with her? In uh, pseudo uh, for defamation. So she's suing wow. the leader. For defamation, no. and that, and, and that will probably that that's hit Sorry. the news a little bit, but it'll be more so probably coming up uh, again the next first quarter next year, I'd say. Well, mate, it'll be very interesting to see how that pans out. I hope it turns out well for her. And, I hope uh, it does turn to... out well, and I hope the Liberals learn a lesson from it. It was uh, a couple a couple of months or six weeks ago. I was well, maybe seven weeks ago. I was speaking at this event, and um, I was a guest speaker there, and. Someone came up to me from the Liberal Party and they said, oh, Jeff, do you remember me? And blah, blah. And he said, um, I went to State Council and your name was mentioned at State Council. And I go, oh, my gosh, well, at least they're remembering me. Uh, all these years later, my name was mentioned at State Council. And he said, look, we're trying to get more Conservatives back into the Liberal Party. Would you join us in five years' time when it happens? I mean, this is the ridiculousness wow. of the Liberal Party in their, in their thinking. Um, I hope they do get a lot more Conservatives in there, but at the moment they're just not. Uh, a number of memberships from Conservatives have been knocked back from the Liberal Party. So I don't know what their game is, uh, Ted, Dean. Mate, I've got no idea either. You know, I speak to people such as yourself, Bernie Finn, for example, and uh, again, mate, all the people that I trust that I know are switched on and intuitive uh, tend to take a back seat and get kicked out of these parties that pretend to be conservative. Let's hope they've learned something. Let's hope that they want to have a fair income stab at being conservative. And if they ever do, I'd love to see uh, people such as yourself and Bernie at the top of that list. Jeff Shaw, author of Dan Andrews Unmasked from the website Dan Andrews Unmasked. Dot com. Always an absolute pleasure to have you on the program, mate. Have a fantastic Christmas, you and your family and your listeners. Same, same to you, mate. And uh, if you ever move up to uh, Queensland, let me know, because you may inspire me. <laughs> we'll talk again soon. <laughs> See you, then. Bye. Everybody take care. That was uh, the wonderful Jeff Shaw. We're going to be back with Bernard Gaynor after this break. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. Uh, the latest leftist attacks against Donald Trump claim he's going to be a dictator in a second Trump administration. And Chris Wallace on CNN playing along uh, put the question to Raihan Salam of National Review. 
So, Raihan, is Donald Trump a dictator in waiting, or is he just playing one? Well, look, what he was saying in that moment is something very similar to what Barack Obama said back in 2014. At his first cabinet meeting, he said, I've got a pen and I've got a phone. And what he meant by that is that if Congress does not do what I want them to do, I can sign executive actions and I can use my phone to rally outside groups to create pressure on Congress to get things done. And this is what he was just referring to. I'm going to be working with Congress where I can to accomplish this. But I'm also going to act on my own uh, if uh, Congress is deadlocked. I've got a pen to take executive actions where Congress won't. And I've got a telephone to rally folks around the country uh, on this mission. Executive orders, rallying people via the, the phone, sounds a little dictatorial to me. Uh, context and perspective. They are fake news killers. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Ballsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT Radio Vision. Right, I've got cancer. I've been trying to tell the rest of you, but no one's listening. And I don't just mean you, ears, eyes. Would you look in the damn toilet for once? Hands, roll those sleeves and take a sample. And legs, trot off to the doctor to get me looked at. Because bowel cancer can be successfully treated when detected early. Now look who's finally woken up. Even the thought of dementia can feel scary. It's why we put off getting help, even though we've noticed changes in our thinking or memory. But an early diagnosis can change everything, giving you medical help and a support system around you to help you live better. Start with Dementia Australia's online checklist. Because the sooner you know, the more you can do. This is the Dean Mackin Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Welcome back to the program. Welcome back to the program. Somebody I really like to talk to from time to time. Somebody who advocates for kids when so few do these days at the level that he does. He's undergone a tremendous amount of personal grief, if you will, uh, having lost uh, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in his fight, consistently up against people who wish to stop people who do right from doing right. I am, of course, talking about Bernard Gaynor. He's a conservative Catholic who's had the courage to courage to speak up when politically correct totalitarianism uh, demands silence. He's uh, deeply interested in the loss of uh, values in modern society and somebody who advocates for the rights of children and their parents. And of course, Bernard Gaynard, welcome to the program. G'day, Dean. It's good to be back on again, my friends. Mate, always fantastic to have you on. Merry Christmas to you and the family. And mate, every time I talk to you, I think it's wonderful. Uh, one thing, my big, biggest, one of my only regrets in life is that I didn't have more kids. You had a whole bunch. I think it's terrific. I wish I would have met you earlier. I think I may have been inspired and, and done similar, similarly. And the Christmas brings to the fore just how much we love our kids and love our family, does it not? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I was just thinking about this the other day, talking to some other people, Dean. Big families are fantastic. Uh, if you can do it, do what I say because you won't regret it at all. The, the kids uh, just keep you going. They've always got something to make you smile about. Um, and I look at my dad. He's got 35 grandkids now. It's uh, out of control when they all get together. He's, he's great fun. He's doing well, mate. I'm a Catholic as well, but I, I, I'm not quite as Catholic as you. I wish I was. I, I, I sincerely do. Mate, one thing that I figured out is I've got a few mates who've got big families. 
And a lot of people say, I couldn't afford to have a family that big. But you do, as a as a good provider, you adapt and, and you provide for them and you, you do adjust. And again, I, I think it's a terrific thing to do. And I advocate for those who, who are of childbearing age who have said, I'm not going to do that. And, and I'd love your perspective and you to share it. I'm the best thing I've ever done. The one thing I would not ever undo uh, in my life and that I absolutely love is being a dad. I think it's wonderful. And forget your work, forget everything else in your life. Honestly, that'll all play a very distant second place once you've already, um, you know, bit the bullet and had some kids, yeah? Uh, look, being a dad or being a mum uh, is the best thing you can do. Like I look at Anastasia Palaszczuk, uh, someone who I don't respect very much, I mean, she's just retired as the Premier of Queensland, but she doesn't have any kids. Uh, I think that's passed her by. And, you know, the sad reality for her is that uh, the, the limelight is going to disappear and she is going to be left sad and lonely. Uh, and that I actually feel sorry for her on that. Um, and then on a bigger picture, uh, if you look at Japan, I was just reading a story today, I mean, they lost a million people in their population last year. So there are, this is more than just about your own personal happiness. It has wider implications. But back to your point, uh, on being able to afford it. Uh, look, I think you can worry about these things way too much. Uh, my wife and I have had nine children. Uh, we've had to sell both our homes uh, over the last 10 years to fight some legal battles, um, but we've been able to get by, and the kids have had a good education, a private school education. Uh, we've been able to enjoy family time together during holidays. Uh, we've, they've got everything they need. Um, we're not rich, but they've got everything they need. Well, mate, that's why I invited you on the program today, because what we're going to do, uh, for those of you who have kids or have grandkids, um, I think I've done pretty well. I know you have when it comes to uh, stopping or uh, what's the word? Um, it's like, uh, you know, uh, proofing, proofing them or uh, I'm, sorry, I'm trying to think of a good word for it. All the indoct indoctrination proofing. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, the kids from a young age against all that they're going to have to face in their lifetime, um, because once you're aware from a very young age, that they are out to spread a bunch of misinformation, disinformation to take you on a ride, if you will. It's very hard to indoctrinate children. And because you're somebody who sees it done uh, by others, you're also very aware of how to prevent it and as a parent as well. So if you could share some of the things you've learned that could prevent our kids or grandkids from being indoctrinated and what we could do as parents to um, to make that happen. Uh, well, look, this is... <laughs> This is something I'm going through. I'm not going to say I'm an expert on this because uh, I've still got nine children under 20. Uh, so well, let's see what happens over the next two decades. But I think children have to be confident and comfortable in who they are. They don't need to face these battles as children. In fact, my wife and I uh, do try and protect our children. Uh, we don't isolate them, but they're focused on being kids. So they play sport. They're focused on their family. They're focused on their faith. I think that's amazing um, part of it. And if you've got a strong faith, um, you know, let's face it, Australia's had a strong Christian heritage. I'm Catholic. Australia's had a strong Christian heritage for 200 years, and that is what established and built this great country. It's evaporating at the moment, and that's the problem. Um, so I, I think if you, your kids have got that, then hopefully they're um, – uh, on the way. And I, I, on that, family structure itself is terribly important. I got an email from someone the other day having a go at me, a young person, uh, a transgender person, uh, and they were saying they're separated from their family. They don't have any contact with their parents anymore. I just felt really sad for this kid because the, the, the two people who are going to put that 
child first every single time are its parents. Yeah. And they've abandoned their parents and they've gone and listened to other people who will advise them to mutilate their body. You know, they're not going to get good advice from those people. So try and have a strong family. It's so important. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I just want to correct you on one thing. You know, when you said at the beginning, I'm not sure if I'm qualified, I would suggest as a, as a father of, of nine, uh, you are immensely qualified. Uh, again, mate, what do you said as far as faith goes? Uh, if you have a look at the way that they've attacked you know, a religion, or certainly our religions, um, over the last few decades, the correlation between us uh, turning into a, a far less homogenous and strong society has a very strong correlation with that happening, and I don't think it's coincidental. Oh, look, there's, there's been a tremendous attack on the church, and in many respects the church has enabled that through some of the failings of, of people who've held positions of trust. You know, that's yeah, been yeah. awful. Uh, but the, the attack on our faith and our principles is a deliberate attack because they are the things that keep families strong. Uh, and a strong a country with strong families is going to be a strong nation. So you've got to attack the family if you want to destroy national capacity, which is what's happened in Australia over the last three generations, really. Um, it's been been a terrible thing but yeah that's one thing i guess why i fought my battles as well uh i can see the future is probably not going to be uh as great for my children as, as the, the australia that i grew up in and as a man and as a father i've thought to myself how could i expect my boys or eight boys to be men and face difficulties in, in far more uh difficult circumstances if i haven't been able to stand up and haven't been prepared to fight some of these problems in in times where it's not too difficult at the moment to say no to some of the, these things yet when people do it individually they get punished for it but i still think if everyone stood up together we'd win this fight no problems it's it's a shame and i thought we were going to learn over the last three years that we are so strong as a group so strong in fact it doesn't take 100 percent of people it doesn't even take 50 percent of people if only 10 percent of our population would have got up and got active during the lockdowns it would have all fallen apart the narrative would have fallen apart the fact that they couldn't police it would have they just would have given up at some point um and that's what we have to learn because if we give away our power they can't take it we can only allow it to be taken and we have been doing it for far too long if we haven't learned anything after the last three years. I, I I, don't feel well about our future. I hope we have. I'm hearing more and more people say, I'd never fall for that again. I'd never do that again. And, and I won't listen to those bastards again. It's things like that. I, I hear it all the time. Let's hope that that is the case, that lessons have been learned. And that, as I fear, uh, when it comes to substances people may have been uh, exposed to, that the damage hasn't already been done. Yeah, well, those COVID lockdowns have been terrible, and I 100% agree with you. You, you read stories and you, you, you do think about um, what's coming um, in terms of health, but let, let's hope that's not the case. But look, I think one thing people have, whether it's COVID lockdowns or transgender or whatever it is, you need to have confidence in yourself. And, and I, I go back to faith on this because that is the bedrock. Uh, if you don't have that bedrock, it's hard to be confident. And if you don't have the confidence, it's hard to stand up and say, no, this is wrong. So find your confidence and stand up. It yeah. does wonderful things. And, and I think, Bernard, uh, it's very fair to say that if you as a parent are confident, that absolutely rubs off in your children. Confidence is a, a strength, it's a gift 
um, that is just wonderful to receive and it stays with you a lifetime. Very quickly, we've only got about 15 seconds. Um, if people need to donate, I know you're fighting a few legal matters at the moment. How can they help you out? Uh, sure. Thanks, Dean. Go to bernardgaynor.com.au, B-E-R-N-A-R-D-G-A-Y-N-O-R. It's spelled how it sounds, bernardgaynor.com.au. You can donate there. Thank you. Right. And have a great Christmas, Dean. I hope they do. Everybody, Bernard Gaynor, help him out if you can. He's fighting for you, and more importantly, he's fighting for your kids. Uh, coming up next, of course, the wonderful Katie Hopkins. My name's Dean Mackin. This is TNT Radio. If you're not yet watching us on video, why the hell not? We'd love you to do it. I'll be back tomorrow. We'll catch you then.